Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 208 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. We are at the dozen episode mark into this whole life of social distancing in week six in the written words of Paul to the Colossians of old, and of course us Orlandonians of 2020, as we have, I think, one more to go in this current series. But every week here on the podcast, we ask for you to send us your thoughts, questions, or whatever you want to share. This past week, I received a text message from our friend Doug Spinella, who enjoyed our episode from two weeks ago from this series, Freedom from Rules. I mean, who didn't enjoy that episode? I thought it was a, might have been one of the best episodes we've done in a long time. Good subject matter. <laughs> if you watched church that week, you'll remember that Doug was our worship host that day as we brought you the whole life service from the Fulbright Farm in Apopka. He mentioned that day two books that had impacted his life and how he viewed and how he found his freedom from rules that Andy was talking about. And he was kind enough to send me the links to both books so that if you'd like to check those out, if you didn't get a chance to the first time, then you can do that today. Swipe up in today's show notes and those books will be there for you. You can find them on Amazon. So thanks, Doug, for listening. Doug sends me text messages all the time. And so I'm always I'm always happy to know someone's listening more at someone I can recognize. I mean, numbers, they tell me how many, but I don't know who. And for engaging and always lending an affirmative word. I super appreciate it. Thanks, Doug. All right. So before we begin, I want to start our discussion today by offering Andy words of affirmation. Andy, Uh-oh. your message was <laughs> awful, artificial, and amusing. <laughs> Great job, Thank Andy, and all the hard work. It wasn't 35 years worth but probably 35 hours anyway. So great job. <laughs> and if you need a little... Uh, you may want to explain that one, yes. Yeah, you, you may have to actually go and listen to the message on our sister podcast, Speaking of Grace, where the message from each week is featured on that podcast, and you can find a link to that in the sermon notes. But uh, think of the 1700s and maybe what those words might have meant, and there's a really or what they meant, and there's a really good story that goes along with them. So if you didn't get to the message yet, go ahead and check it out on the podcast because you won't want to miss it. It was a super good story, and I'll have to admit it caught me off guard. I didn't see where he was going there, but I should have. (laughs) I should have. All right. Besides all that, I would have never in a million years dreamed of an Andy McDonald sermon featuring Humpty Dumpty. Ah, yes, indeed. Right? What a great analogy for this message, though. I mean, right out of the gate, I had to smile that all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty Dumpty back together again, but God could. Mm, That was good. It just, I mean, it's a nursery rhyme that we've probably all heard, I don't know, probably hundreds of times. And if you watch Sesame Street, maybe thousands of times like you did when I was a kid. (laughs) But the more I thought about it, the more simple this nursery rhyme really gave this hopeful reminder that God can, and maybe more importantly, at least for me, the fact that he will, because if not God, then who, right? That right. Was, that was what it brought about this, this tying Humpty Dumpty to this, Andy. What brought that about? Well, actually, I was listening to a, a message by another pastor who had, back in the 1950s, <laughs> or, or 90s at least, I don't Man, know what it was, still, it was a while still, back. They still have those in the archives, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, had used it for a different in a different context, and I just thought, boy, that seems like that should fit our context right now. So only Andy would have a reel to reel to. Okay. Oh man, that's date, that's dateness. If you know what a reel to reel is, it's probably dating you. And if you don't, you look it up. You'll be like, how in the world did that work? Like, where would you pick up the reel to reel? Where would you get the tape from? We used to listen to Uncle Sue. 
no, Aunt Sue and Uncle Dan at our at school when I was a kid, maybe fourth, fifth grade, somewhere around there, on an old reel-to-reel machine that one of our teachers had. So I know all about those. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. So Jesus in Matthew 20, he's talking about, he, he tells us, you know, to be different than kings of the worlds and tyrants. But those who want to be leaders must be servants because even he, Jesus, God of the universe in the flesh, came to serve, not to be served. And if anything, this this was radical for his day, but it hasn't really become any less radical in ours if you stop to think about it. Not much has changed. That's, that's really true. I mean, it's it's a pretty radical radical reality still today. Okay, so but what does a servant leader in today's world, or at least maybe how should it look in today's Christianity? If this is something that we're going to try to be better at and try to understand, what does that look like today to be that kind of person that, that we're talking about here? I was, I was thinking about this from the standpoint of what Christ is really asking mm-hmm. and how he gets this ball started, and then Paul picks up on this. You know, Paul's really talking to a pretty stubborn culture. And and that's not just a stubborn culture, but a culture that is very, very diff it's a very difficult thing to move beyond what is already established. And as Andy pointed out in the sermon, you know, these established you know, status, you know, kind of social uh, stratas were set up and they've been in that place for a long time. We, you know, we call it freedom now that we have in the United States, but we still have some of these same stratas, you mm. know? Yeah, we do. And so for us to think about this in terms of it being radical, and I think we have to think about it from the standpoint of Christ asked this change to take place a long time ago. And it's still taken us, you know, really difficult. It's a, it's a difficult thing. So whenever you read these words and you read them from those contexts, you have to realize it's just as hard today for us to accept it as it was back then. So when you think about context, we're right there and it's just as hard. And when Paul, and Paul take, you know, definitely picks up on, on Christ's teaching. And when he says, you know, think of others more highly than you think of yourself. Um, that's sort of golden rule on the on the on steroids a little bit. Um, <laughs> how, how to how to you know we we are very we're also a little more egocentric than we like to admit. Sure. And this is a call to not just be about our own interests, but be about the interests of others and consider others better than yourself. And, and I really think that from a servant leadership standpoint, we can get all tied up in this in the servant aspect of it or, or whatever. But I really think that. It, it, it's it's a mindset that says, "Hey, I care about you," and I, I and even to the point of of dissing myself as necessary, so you can so you can succeed, so you can move forward. Hmm. That's um that's that's good stuff. Yeah, when you put it that way, it doesn't make it seem quite <laughs> the insurmountable. Maybe that it can seem like <laughs> off the top, because Jeff, like you pointed out, I mean. Really, when you think about all these different stratas and all these different things that that God is telling us how He wants it, and you look and go, okay, yeah, we've made some, we've made some progress over time, but nothing where you would want to be as a Christian, or even most that aren't Christian. I mean, just general rules of being good to each other, or how we'd like to see our world look like more equal and more 
more loving and more people taken care of and all these things. And you just almost sometimes I think it paralyzes us because we feel like, well, if it's taken this long, I mean, this is first century and we're, you know, how long we're, we're just still dealing with the same thing. I think it can just put us into this whole state of just inaction because, I mean, does it make a difference? Is this something that we can even possibly do? Does I mean, or is this just pie in the sky stuff? Well, I think I think that if we think if we think about it being done perfectly as pie in the sky stuff, I think if if we think about it being uh, the intent of our heart, uh, asking God to make us like Himself and to have His heart for people. Sure, sometimes we're going to blow, we're going to be selfish, we're <laughs> yeah. not we're not going to think about the other person first, <laughs> all those kind of things. But if when we repent, if when we turn around, we turn back toward wanting to to be that kind of a person. We want Christ's heart in us that is willing to, willing to leave all of heaven, equality with God, adored by all the angels, and and come and be a baby human. I mean, that's mm. you know that's the kind pretty certainly modeled. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thinking highly of others. <laughs> Let me just say really quickly there there's a side of this that wants us to you know, be just and we, you know, we want equality and we want to fight for that. And, and we, and we kind of get on this uh, uh, kind of a campaign, so to speak, and crusade for these things. And, and, and that's all, all well and good. And I think that, you know, there is a side to that that's important, but I think what Christ is asking us to do is not just be the champion, but he's really, because I think, Christ is asking us to literally get down and be the empathizer, put yourself in those mm-hmm. places where, you know, where these people live and where these people are. And I think that's the part that so many of us have a hard time. We can champion, we can support, we can provide that, you know, kind of arm's length, uh, yeah. um, um, you know, support and, and, uh, and causal, you know, strength, but, it being there and empathizing and trying to understand. And that's hard because yeah. most of us do not ever, we can't figure out what that might even be until you actually get close to somebody and you actually are in the trenches with them when, where they are. Yeah. I think it's easy to jump behind a cause and say, you know, even donating money or donating time and just saying, well, yeah, I've done my part. I mean, yeah, I don't want to see, you know, human trafficking or I don't want to see somebody in slavery. I don't want to see somebody going through domestic abuse or violence or, you know, even the foster care system. I, want, I can I can join these things and I can help out and, and even joining them. That's a big thing. But to actually, like you said, take that mindset of getting down to the level that they're at and and witnessing and like Jesus washing the feet of the disciples and being that and actually being the person and being the just being Jesus to them that that is hard because it's just I don't or touching touching the leper Ooh. or um yeah you know or be, you know being in the midst of people that were ostracized and marginalized. Mm, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Okay. So before we go any further, I need to ask each of you, do your wives listen to the podcast? Yes. Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. Well, so we're going to, we'll probably trust what, what, what Jeff says here. We can, we can, we can inspire her too. (laughs) Okay. And then maybe we'll need to, so that we can know that with confidence, and a comfort that, you know, you guys are giving me the, the straight here because if your wives don't listen, then I'm not really sure because, you know, this is uh, – we got to be we got to be transparent on this. 
is now my wife, Heather, typically <laughs> meaning almost – she almost never listens. She says my voice puts her to sleep, so it really isn't a productive use of her time. So, um, you know, that's – and if you don't enjoy my voice, I'm sorry. It's the only one I have. So if I put you to sleep, you know, I'm sorry. I'm doing the best. Enjoy your rest. That's right. Yeah, dear, there you go. Take a nap. So you wives, you must submit to your husbands as is fitting for those who belong to the Lord. So now, yeah, she'll be listening to this one for sure. (laughs) Now, my wife definitely belongs to the Lord, and if she were listening, I believe she would say that she submits to me, or at least she tells our girls that I'm the boss. Now, Andy, you prefaced this story with uh, the story of Sir Christopher Wren that we talked about earlier, set in the 1700s. To you said, prepare our ears for these first-century instructions, but I'm not sure it helped much. I mean, how do we twist or how do we tune our 21st century ears to absorb and apply this as intended? Because clearly many well, have think, not, and even in the first yeah. century do not, and they likely will not. How do we do this? Well, I think it's really, really significant. I mean, this was, it was an eye-opener for me at least. Very significant that of what Paul says to each group and and how – we can see that as, oh, my land, that's so antiquated or that's so <laughs> bad or whatever. But if we think about life in the first century, we can see radical, I mean, actually radical progression trying to move the ball down the field toward mm. uh, a, what we what, more like we have today. Yeah. Because here's a woman who had been the property of her father until he burned her off and she became the property of her husband. And he says to her, Submit to yourselves, the husband, as it is fitting for those who belong not to your husband, but to the Lord. To the Lord, yeah. Yeah, that's a radical, a radical calling compared to the culture of the day. When he says to the masters about their slaves, you know, treat them with fairness and justice. Man, what in the world do you? That's that, that, that's a yeah, inspiration. I thought that was profound. I really did. And I think it may be the the most profound piece to all of this. And that's the part that I think sometimes we as Christians get caught up on is that we ignore that part and we just <laughs> look at it from the standpoint of, but here are the things that you do in that relationship. And we, we talk about headship. And we even have used this text, like Andy said, as a means to say that there are actually different levels of human beings in God's sight. And and I think if you were to take that, and that may be the one truth that you have to take out of this and really hammer that one down, because in Christ, there is no level. There is no, we're all equal in Christ. So if we're all in Christ, and if we all take that ownership, then all of a sudden it breaks down all these things. And I, I you know, I'm a strong proponent of total equality uh, and we're not the same but total equality of all human beings sure and, and in christ i think we have to understand it that way and as radical as that may be even in christian circles we have to understand what god was actually wanting to accomplish that never mm-hmm. probably got accomplished even today well yeah i mean we're not even there today it's, it, there's a we're far cry from perfection but I think the important thing is, is that Paul gets beaten up for being against women and all kinds of things. Right. And if we can look at the context of the culture and see the progression he's trying to push in the right direction, it's, 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 it's to me, it can be a lot. 
I, I can refresh my mind from Paul. Anyway, how's that? Well, I, I, yeah, and, I, and that's the part that I wonder though about is what is the right direction or what is the right goal? It, you know, because we, I don't think, like I said, I don't, I think we stop short of what what God intended, even for Paul. Oh yeah, I don't know if I. Oh definitely. Yeah. Oh definitely. Yeah, but yeah. I, but I also think, like you just mentioned. I think that if we're looking at it through that saying, listen, Paul's doing his best to push the ball forward and to to cause people to think about it differently even. Even if we can get that much accomplished and to give another view down the road or a, a future that would look differently than what we're currently in and the or, or currently what our customs are, how these different groups of people are treated. And if we really embrace the fact, Jeff, like you said, that we really all are in Christ. We're the same. There is no slave. There is no free. There is, you know, we're all equal. Then that makes our starting point and our entry into this. It should take some of the pressure off of us trying to figure out how do I solve the world's problems other than all I can do is show people and act like Jesus to the best of my ability, not to look down onto people or, you know, and just to treat people as my equal, that would solve, that would solve a ton of the problems right there. If we could just get that part right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, if someone is sitting here going, this seems like such a large area to cover with all that's wrong in our world, even our local world, how do I begin? And Andy, you said anywhere there's domination, anywhere some are using their power to hold somebody down and exploit them that that we are called to work for, that be no more. We are to call people to live the way Jesus chose to relate. And I think we all want to be involved in lifting people up, improving their station. And maybe we just answered this by saying we just need to somehow just put ourselves in their shoes and, and realize that we're all equal. But man, that sounds like a, it sounds so easy. And yet we haven't done it very well for a long, long time. I mean, over history, what makes us think we can do this somehow better now? And really, even just as the whole life church in Orlando, Florida, how do we, you know, impact even just our neighbors in winter park and Orlando and just our local church area? Well, I think, again, I think if we're – if we put the pressure on ourselves to do this with absolute perfection, then we're going to be frustrated, and the people <laughs> we're trying to do it for are going to be frustrated. Yeah. And we're all going to be a little bit angry at each other and uh, shaming one another and all kinds of bad stuff. But if we say, look, I've given my life to Christ. My life is hidden in Christ, the whole first part of Colossians. Uh, Christ in me, the hope of glory. This is not about me. This is about what he's done. Now, surrender to him. The the new way in which I want to live hmm. yeah. is, is, is to put others first. I want to, I want to care for people. I want to, I want to really practice the golden rule. I, I want to really be there fighting for fair treatment where I see unfair treatment, trying to set the captives free and the, the prisoners free. And, and just to really, that's, that's my intention. Some days, Man, I might have great success, or I might even feel good about it. And other days, I might have bad success, or I might have good success and still and, and feel bad about it. So, <laughs> but it's not about me. It's and I think having that intention to to do God's work in the world is part of is really a big piece of it. Yeah, I I don't think we ever will ever lose out when we start to think about others in, in an empathetic way. But I also think, you know, Christ gave us a pretty good model from the standpoint of just lift him up. 
You know, it's mm-hmm. not a it's not a hard thing when you think about it to say, how am I going to figure out a way to you know lift up Christ today? And you know, if that's your you know if that's sort of a, a mantra, so to speak, when you wake up in the morning, then a lot of these other pieces start to make a little bit more sense. And then yeah. all of a sudden I go, you know, you know, I can actually do this. And that actually comes along with it without me having to, you know, try to get so detailed in my life. Because you can drive you crazy sure, if you yeah. think about everything. I mean, you could even go down. I mean, you can go, I mean, everything, playing golf, you know, or, or uh, you know, going out and exercising. You know, who am I doing this for? Am I helping my neighbor doing this? You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so, but if you're lifting up Christ, if you're just saying, okay, my life, I want to try to figure out a way to lift up Christ in everything I do. And I think that, that glorification of him kind of answers a few of those un, unanswerable questions about what we do or say. Yeah. It might even be easier if you think about it to practice on someone that you know that isn't going to be offended. They're not going to judge you. They're just, they're going to welcome any interaction that you have with them that, is Christ-centered and lifting Christ up. And it might be a good place to start. Sometimes we worry about what will somebody think or what will how will someone react if I try to raise Jesus up? I'm a little nervous. I'm apprehensive. I don't know how to do this. Start with somebody comfortable that you know and start working it out that way. And then maybe you can broaden your horizons and step off the, uh, step off the edge a little bit and uh, find someone else. And as it becomes more and more just natural, it should just start happening without us thinking about it. And that would be a good place to be. Or we, we, that was our yeah. default that we didn't have to think about it. All right. This week, <laughs> one of our whole life takeaways asked, how do we enlarge the circle of the collective we? Now, this week, don't miss any of, the, of this week's takeaways. As the aforementioned sister podcast, Speaking of Grace, if you click the link in today's show notes, you will find a link to that podcast. And all of those Takeaways are there. They're in the mobile app. They're online. They're they're all over the place. You can find them, but don't miss them because all of them are really thought provoking and they were worth your time to consider as we talk about all these things that can like, again, we just haven't been that good at them. And we might want to take every crack we can from every angle just to get a just to get better and feel more comfortable. But in the end. This seemed to be the one that needs our attention, at least from my perspective, because once we get past our own personal bias and we stop seeing the world through the us and them like Andy talked about, I just keep coming back to what I believe is the biggest challenge that many of us face, Christian or not, our negative and belittling self-talk. How can we possibly see we when we can't even be nice (laughs) to ourselves? So Jesus knew that the greatest of these was love and maybe more for this reason than we've ever considered. So maybe we just have to be a little bit nicer to ourselves so that we can be that Jesus and to, like we talked about, you know, include that and lift him up and include others in that. So maybe that's how we do it. So how do we come together and enlarge that circle of we? I would love to hear what you think. It might be the most important and best way to move us towards a reality that we actually see the stick move a little bit in our lifetime, not just from what's been happening in the past. So Send questions, comments, share a way that you've been able to see things as we by sending voicemail or a text to 407-965-1607 or podcast at wholelife.church if you are of the email persuasion. And our final thoughts this week is from the final sentence of Andy's message. He said, God calls us to draw bigger circles that take in the thems and discover a we, not perfect yet, but together we can work to make this world a better place for all kind of hard to argue with that being not only a good idea, but one we should embrace if we're going to call ourselves Christians. It just seems like it has to go hand in hand, doesn't it? 
Yeah, you think. You think. You think. <laughs> you All right. Think. Yeah. So what? This is upcoming our last week of this series. Am I right? Yes, it is. Uh-huh. And uh, we'll, we're actually going to be celebrating communion. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah. T- talking about praying for one another. And, and uh, it'll, it'll be so it's the last part of the first part of, of the of the last chapter, chapter four, verse two through a few verses there. And that's where our focus will be. The bulk of the last part of chapter four is just Paul uh, talking about all the, his friends and how everybody relates with each other. And, you know, say hi to this person. And, oh, this person says hello to you. <laughs> but uh, we're not we won't delve into much of that. We'll be talking about just those first few verses uh, of chapter four. Excellent. And I know there's a little surprise that's going to go along with this week's communion message that will come out sometime this week, I think Wednesday or Thursday. So I don't have a link for that. I might. So you try it in the show notes. If it's not there, check our social medias. If you go to wholelife.church, you will find that's our website and you can find how to find us on social media. Look sometime Wednesday, Thursday, and there might be something fun that you and the family can do and a little surprise that will prepare you for what we're going to do this weekend. So don't miss out on that. And and if there's people in your life that you're comfortable being together with, maybe have several several people together Hmm. to watch uh, and participate and make the service a true communion time uh, in our lack of communion world. (laughs) (laughs) In our lack of communion world. Speaking (laughs) of that lack of communion and community, do we have any idea when someone sent me a text this week and said, hey, when you're doing the podcast this week, ask them if they know when we're going back to church, if we know. Do we know? We are going, we are going back to church this Sabbath that we do, and it'll be very nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be grand. Don't miss it. Stay tuned for further details. I like it. Yeah. Uh, totally so not committal. That's a good question, and I think those are questions that, we want to keep addressing because people are anxious and I'm glad they're anxious. Community is a good thing. So yeah, yeah if, if people really, weren't asking. But really quickly, I just want to say we are, you know, it's also affording us a little bit of a time right now to do something that we've been wanting to do for a long time anyway. And that is uh, figure out ways in which we can meet together in, in, you know, smaller groups or actually just uh, groups and so we're getting ready to put those in action right away, as a matter of fact. Yeah, I like that. I like that idea because it always seems like no matter how hard we try, I mean, we've done the podcast, we now have a second, but just ways that we can be even more interactive during the week in between Saturdays when we hopefully the majority yeah. of us are there. But, it, you know, the more ways we can find to connect in the meantime is always a good thing, I think. Yeah. yeah. So we can, we'll be That's looking right. forward to hearing more details about that and then. Yep. The, the coming of getting back together again and what that might look like when that might happen. So just stay tuned. We'll be here. We're not going anywhere. As long as our phones don't get turned off, I think we're okay here to keep going. So join us next Tuesday evening for Speaking of Grace. And, of course, Wednesday mornings here for Episode 209. We're still washing our hands. We're still socially distancing. We do go to the beach occasionally, but keep your distance. Don't get too close to me, okay? And just stay safe. But thanks for listening, and have a great week.